Good evening, everyone. I want to start with a question tonight. How many of y'all, I know this time of year, a lot of us are opening gifts, or else we're about to, getting ready for. Depending on who you are, how old you are, uh, probably gauges your excitement about this time of year. But many of us are preparing to open gifts. And uh, I wanted to ask you a question. How many of you have ever been to a party and you realize when you got there, you're supposed to bring a gift? Or maybe on the way, you, you stopped somewhere, just the first place you saw and, and said, well, I better get a gift card from here real quick because I don't want to you know, come in without a gift. Um, or, you know, maybe, maybe you got there and, and you forgot you're supposed to get a gift. Well, how did you feel when that happened? Uh, it's an awkward feeling. Hopefully it's never happened to you. Um, I'm sure it's never happened to me. Um, who, do we, who do we give gifts to? You think about this time of year and it's exciting. And sometimes it's more exciting picking out gifts than, than receiving them for some of us. But who do we give gifts to? Who do we take the time and, and go and pick out things for? We give them to people that we love, don't we? People that we care about. And I think some of us enjoy more uh, watching someone that we love open a gift that's from us and watching their reaction, especially when it's something that they've wanted and that we know that they're going to like and they're going to use and they need. It feels good, doesn't it? You know, it, I, I guess uh, I know with me, I prefer a list. Uh, I, I know I prefer to know that you're going to like something rather than because if I pick out something for you and you haven't told me you wanted it, you're probably not going to want it. And, uh, but, but this can be a little awkward. I realized this the other night. When you're buying for a, for a two-and-a-half-year-old girl, uh, for a 28-year-old man shopping in the Barbie doll section, it can be a little awkward. Um, I found out the other night. But, but we give gifts to people we love, right? And we want to give things that will make them happy. We want to give them things that they want. As we think about this tonight, I want to think about our gift to God. Our gift to God. The gift that, that we have that we give to God. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, what are you talking about? Why do we need to give God a gift? Surely God, the Almighty, does not need anything from us. Uh, but, but I want to look at that tonight and look at what gift that we're to give to God. If you would... The text that we're going to be looking at tonight is in Psalm 96. And we're going to really concentrate on verses 7 and 8. Psalm 96, verses 7 and 8. And this is also, this same passage is, is taken from 1 Chronicles 16, verse 28 and 29. And this is a psalm that, that David wrote. And when he wrote this, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was being brought to Jerusalem. And this was an exciting time, and they were rejoicing. But just as it just as it was applicable in that day, it's still applicable to us today. And let's read these words together. Psalm 96, verse 7 and 8. He writes, Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. So tonight I want to start with a question. Why? Why should we give to the Lord? Well, an obvious answer, here it's commanded. We're, we're told to give to the Lord. But why should we give? Why should we give to God? Not only is it commanded, 
But, but what, what other reason should we give to God? Well, when we think about what God has done for us, it's obvious, isn't it? And a few verses come to mind. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And I want to think about a passage that's, that's familiar to us, a verse that we can all quote, John 3.16. Have you ever thought about this? I'm sure you have. But you break it down. For God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave. That he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you ever thought about that? God loved us. God loved you and me. God loved the world so much that he gave. And what did he give? He gave his only son, Jesus, his one and only son whom he loved. And he gave him for us so that we might be saved, so that we might, through believing and obeying, have everlasting life. You think about that. In in John 15, 13, Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And so when we think about this, why should I give Something to God. How much has God given us? God gave his best. God gave his one and only son. Jesus gave his all. Jesus gave his own life. All that he had. And laid down his life so that we might be saved. God loved us. We should want to give back to him. We should want to give to God. As we look at this, let's break this down. We're going to look at this tonight, and we're going to break down verses 7 and 8 here, Psalm 96. What's the first thing that that it tells us to do? Give to the Lord. Give to the Lord. Give freely to Him, and alone attribute to Him the glory of your being and well-being that He made and redeemed you, and that by the strength of His hand, He has plucked you out of the hands of your enemies. This was the glorious work of his mercy and power. God deserves our best. God gave us his best. God sacrificed his only son. And and therefore, we should give our best to him. We should give freely. Without, Without his blessings on us, without Jesus laying down his life, we would have no hope. You know, we can receive a lot of nice gifts, but none of them can compare to this one. None of them can compare to what God has done for us. We think about his mercy and his power. You know, without that, I'm lost. Without that, the sin in my life condemns me. But yet, because of his mercy, because of his love, his grace, I can be forgiven. I can be saved. I can have everlasting life. It's greater than, than any gift that we can receive on this earth. So we're supposed to give to the Lord, first of all. Give to the Lord. Number two, he says, give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord glory and strength. God deserves all of our honor, all of our praise. Every amount of of adoration that we can give, he deserves it. Because he is the almighty God. He created us. He loved us. He sacrificed his son for us. So that we might be saved. Why? Because he loved us. Because he wanted us to be saved. 
God is not willing that, that any man should perish, but he wants all of us to come to repentance. So give to the Lord glory and strength. Third, give to the Lord glory, do his name. Give to the Lord glory, do his name. And we think about that, the, the word that stands out in that one is, is the three-letter word there, D-U-E. Do. Give to the Lord the glory, do his name. When we think about that word, it's a debt, and a debt must be paid. The glory due his name is to acknowledge him to be holy, just, true, powerful. The Lord, the faithful God, good, merciful, long-suffering. We're not to defraud his name, but we're to honor it. You know, when I think about this, I think about how we treat people today. And a lot of times we treat people based on how they treat us, don't we? You know, sometimes it's hard for me, if if someone's not kind to me, it's hard for me to be kind to them. If someone's not friendly to me, sometimes it's hard for me to be friendly to them. We do that, don't we? And if if someone disrespects us, it's hard for us to show them respect. And if they dishonor us, it's hard to show them honor. This says, give him the glory, do his name. You know, the golden rule says to, to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But yet, many times we give people uh, what they deserve. We treat them the way they deserve to be treated oftentimes. But yet, what does God deserve? God has shown his love and his mercy to every one of us. What does he deserve from us? How does he deserve to be treated? What does he deserve to be given? Our best. He deserves all of our honor, all of our praise, all of our respect. When I think about this point, uh, it reminds me of a movie I just saw the other night. I don't know if you go to the movies a lot. If you don't, you should see me. I go quite a bit. But I saw the movie National Treasure, the sequel. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, if you're going on the New Year's lock-in, we are going to go see that. So little plug, New Year's Eve. Um, but um, National Treasure, really good movie. You probably, a lot of you probably saw the first one. It's really good. Saw it the other night, a lot of action, a lot of suspense, good family entertainment, Nicolas Cage, you know, hard, good combination. Um, and, uh, you know, in this movie, I, I don't want to spoil it because I know a lot of you will see it, but um, in this movie, there's, there's some treasure hunters, and there's a crew, and, and they're after this treasure that's been hidden for several years, many, many, many years. And uh, they're after this treasure. But what you find out is, throughout the movie, that Nicolas Cage and his father, whatever his name is in the movie, they are after this treasure, but you find out their motivation is a little different. That they're not after it for the money. They're not after it for the fame, for the glory. The reason they're going after it, and they're going to uh, extensive lengths to, uh, you know, they're, they're doing some things that are illegal. They're going, they're, they're doing whatever they can take. They're chasing these clues, and uh, they're trying to pursue this treasure. But the reason they're doing it is not for any of those things, but it's to clear their family name. Because uh, history has been, their name has been smudged. Their name has been left uh, a disgrace. And they're out to clear their name. They, they think if they can find this, that it will clear it. And that it will bring respect and honor back to their name. Our name is valuable to us, right? In Proverbs it says a, a name, a good name is to be had more than riches. And we think about God 
And we think about the glory that, that he deserves, the honor that he deserves from us. And we need to honor his name, give him glory. So we're supposed to give to the Lord. We're to give to the Lord glory and strength. We're to give to the Lord the glory due his name. And finally it says, we're to bring an offering and come into his courts. To bring an offering and come into his courts. Appear not before the Lord empty. We're not to appear before the Lord empty-handed as the Jews were commanded, Deuteronomy 16. Under the old law, they had their sacrifices. But today we have our spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, verse 5. 1 Peter 2, 5 says, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Under the old law, they, they offered animals. They offered um, the blood of sheep and goats. But yet today, we offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. The fruit of our lips, our praise, the praise from our heart when we worship God. These are the sacrifices of a contrite heart. We're to bring these when we enter into his courts and into his house of prayer. Bring an offering and come into his courts. I want us to think about this tonight. Think about what gift that we can give to God. Think about what gift we have been given to God. You know, the Jews were commanded not to come before the Lord empty-handed. And as we think about this, I go back to my party analogy. Think back to, to the parties you've been to where people trade gifts. Have you ever been in, a, in an atmosphere where everybody opens their gifts in front of everyone? I remember I used to hate uh, one side of the family. Oh, I don't hate the, that side of the family. But on, uh, on Christmas, we would have to go around the room and you'd have to hold up what you got. And you have to say, well, grandmother gave me this lovely pink sweater and I can't wait to wear it to school and get beat up. And no, we would, we would go around and everybody would show what you got, you know, and you'd display it and say who gave it to you. I don't know if you did that. We probably have a weird family. But um, if you've ever been in that atmosphere where you open presents in front of someone and everybody's opening presents, have you ever felt a little awkward? Have you ever thought right before that person opens your present, oh, man, I shouldn't have gotten that. You know, that, they're not going to like it. They're not going to need it. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. You wish you could, you know, go back in time for a second. Man, I wish I would have got something different. And uh, it, it's a little bit awkward. You know, have you ever been ashamed of the gift you brought? When you think about that, we think about the gift that we give to God. What if tonight, what if tonight we were to display to everyone the gift that we are giving to God? Would I be ashamed? Would I be ashamed? We're not to appear before the Lord empty-handed. We're to offer the Lord spiritual sacrifices from our heart. We're supposed to give him honor and praise and worship. I don't want to be ashamed to come before the Lord. I don't want to come empty-handed. He says to bring an offering 
when you enter his courts. So tonight as we think about this, the four things, we're to give to the Lord. We're to give to the Lord glory and strength. We're to give to the Lord the glory due his name. And we're to bring an offering and come into his courts. When we think about this, it's, it's hard not to think about the, the greatest gift that, that we've been given. And in Ephesians 2, verse 8, Ephesians 2, verse 8, the Apostle Paul writes, For by grace you have been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. The greatest gift ever given. God loved us enough. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus loved us so much that he gave his very own life on that cross so that we might be saved. And I want to be clear about something. There's nothing we can ever give God. There's no amount of things that we can give God. There's no amount of effort, of love, of honor that I can give to God that makes me deserving of his grace, of deserving of his mercy. But his grace is wonderful. And he forgives me when I fail him. And we are saved by that grace through faith. For it is God's gift. Tonight, I want you to think about these verses and, and think about your life. Tonight, if, if you have never received that gift, because a gift is worth nothing if we don't receive it. And God has that gift prepared for all of us. God offers salvation to everyone. But friends, if I'm sitting here tonight and I have not obeyed the gospel and I have not received the gift, then I need to make a change tonight. I need to accept the gift. So if I'm sitting here tonight, if you're sitting here and you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and you're ready to repent of your sins and turn your back on those evil things and turn your, turn your life towards God, if you're willing to confess before witnesses that Jesus is the Son of God and if you're willing and ready to be baptized into water, into the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, you can do that tonight. And if you're sitting here and, and maybe you are a child of God, but for whatever reason you find yourself coming before the Lord empty-handed. You find yourself struggling, maybe going through the motions. Friends, if, if you need the prayers of the church, we can pray for you. God loves us. God will forgive us. Friends, tonight, if you need to make a change in your life, get it right tonight as we stand and sing.